everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, in this show, we give publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of good and awful movies. The movie we're doing today is The Meg, which was a fun movie. We both agreed when we came out. Yes, it was fun. And we're going to do a, we're not going to do a spoilers version, so we're not going to give spoilers about the ending of the show in this, or character deaths, because there's a pretty big one that... There are several. Um, but so we are, yeah, things are crazy here. Nolan's mom's down here again for her poor heart. She has a follow-up appointment to the surgery she had a couple weeks ago, and she brought Nolan's youngest sister and uh, her two kids. And there have been some territory battles between our children tonight. It's inevitable. It is inevitable. It's way exciting. <laughs> I have a killer headache right now, so we're going to, well, we're, we are just trying to keep these episodes a little shorter anyway. But yeah, and our toddler keeps sneaking out of his crib, so hopefully we'll be able to keep this episode intact and not have too many interruptions. We decided not to do, we're not going to do a, an episode on Jack Ryan. I wasn't aware that it is MA, uh, Mature Audiences Only, which is the equivalent of, of uh, Rated R. And it wasn't that great anyway. We watched the first episode and we were like, there's a lot of swear, a lot of F words in this. And I'm like, well, what rating is it? And we're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we watched the first couple of episode episodes. and a half. And it was okay, but it, it could have been more. It could have been more and it wasn't, I guess. Yeah. Um, watching the previews, I was expecting it to be more Washington, D.C. and less Middle East. And the Washington, D.C. part was fascinating to me. Well, you know, in the preview. And um, the Middle East part was pretty interesting, but I just, I kind of, like Nolan said, I kind of lost interest. It wasn't, I know a lot of people that have binge watched it and loved it, but I don't know. I was just like, ugh, there's other things we could be watching right now. So like Grimm, which we've seen already, (laughs) but Grimm, I can sit and do other things while we're watching and I didn't feel like I have to watch it the whole time. And it's a favorite of ours or Gallivant. Gallivant, if you haven't seen Gallivant, it's a lot of fun. So the uh, schedule for the upcoming... A uh, few weeks includes the... Di- We've already done the Divergent fully. Well, I'm going to go backwards. Uh, Strictly Ballroom, So Undercover, The Martian. And we'll do a, a marketing episode. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of marketing episodes and things like that, asking our Patreon supporters for questions and things like that. We have finally overhauled and redone our Patreon uh, so we've got everything solidified the way we want it to be. You, you kind of noticed that we went back and forth a little bit on, you know, like excerpts from books and things like that. And I finally was like, let's just simplify this as much as possible for everyone. And Nolan actually probably was the one that mentioned that. He likes simplification. And so what we are doing is we are doing one one tier reward level. And it's going to be a dollar a month. And the purpose of it is to basically for us to be able to pay Josh back for his time. Obviously, we're not going to be making a whole lot of money off of a podcast because podcasts are free. And it's to, so basically a dollar a month supports us and helps us basically keep our podcast free for us as well, you know, with the hosting fees and Josh's um, time editing. Anyway, so if you support us for a dollar a month, that's going to get you, you'll be able to give us movie suggestions. We've had movie suggestions through non-Patreon supporters that, we don't accept and so because we already we have a patreon supporter who you know has been around for a long time and we okay so movie suggestions so if you want to suggest a movie or if you have marketing questions if you have a question about your specific system and want to hear our take on it 
everyone who supports gets one of my $25 courses for free. And then after you've supported for, did we decide how long, like a year or something or six months, then you can pick one of my other courses and you'll have a chance to win amongst the other Patreon supporters. Anyway, so if you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash self-published strong, wait, is it patreon.com forward slash self-published strong or, okay. Yeah. Wow. I am very tired. Pregnancy brain. It's a Go real to patreon.com <laughs> and then search for self published strong. That's true. Yes, they can do that way too. And support us. And um, those of you who have made movie suggestions, go ahead and and get those suggestions to us through Patreon. My assistant actually handles all of that. And she'll reach out to you once you support and get your movie suggestions and the questions that you have. And some questions, they don't need to be like, hey, I don't I don't know something. They could be more like, hey, how do you feel about this? I'd like to hear you discuss it. It doesn't necessarily mean you lack knowledge. It's just, you know, we could have a discussion about it. And then you could go in and comment on the podcast page and tell us what you thought about it. Things like that, which is another thing I was thinking of starting is, you know, asking questions and getting answers on the, I don't know if I want to tackle that right now, though. So it's a a big undertaking to, you know, go through comments and things like that and respond. And I've not been very good about it in the past just because I'm never on the website. (laughs) You picked a quote for today? I did. Okay. You want to give that? Never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. Mark Twain. That's awesome. That is a really good quote. So how does that apply to writing then? Um, it's a, it's the same. Well, you want to be the book that people, people have to read. Yeah. Instead of the filler yeah. people wait for. Yeah. Um, and you want to be the one that p- defines stuff. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you're like that. This book is like your book. Mm-hmm. So being like, you're like this person's like Stephen King. This person's like yeah. you know, whoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also on the other end, like uh, when you, um, how how do I want to word this? Be necessary. Yeah, be necessary. Not just not just as a writer of books, but a, a writer who helps other people or who people go to for opinions. Like if you're constantly searching for knowledge and trying to learn how to do this career, this business, then opportunities opportunities will open up for you. There are, there are several um, options or opportunities that you, you should turn down because they're not a priority of yours. So you just need to figure out where your where your required time is and then how to make that you your required time become someone else's required time as well. So never allow someone to be your priority while allowing yourself to be their option. Who was that? Mark Twain, right? Mm-hmm. I like that one. I Like I said, I'm not feeling terribly great today, so I'm going to get you know just go through my tip really quickly here and then we'll get into the movie and oh i am week 14 we can find out the gender of the baby in the next week actually but neither of us really feel an urgency we're like we've got one of each so we're like "Mm," you know meh (laughs) i keep calling it a he on accident i mean all day today and yesterday uh but it could be a, a girl too obviously it could be either and uh, I've been working on forbidden knowledge. I forgot to do that update. Even though I've been really sick, I've still been able to dictate. I mean, last week I dictated you know, um, almost 4,000 words in one session. And if I, guys, seriously, this is a pregnant lady with severe morning sickness. And dictating is a lot harder than typing when you have morning sickness because you use your stomach muscles and it makes me sicker. 
this is, I was reading through my journal from when I was pregnant with our two-year-old. And I was like, was I this sick? Was I this miserable? And yep, I was still writing every single day back then. And my, I felt chastised. My little note to myself was, if I can do this, anyone can do it. You do not have an excuse for not writing and not getting a book done. And I was having severe infection problems in and out of the hospital, morning sickness, horrible, horrible pregnancy. And I still wrote four full books. And so that was me. I was reading it. I was like, oh, crap. I've got to, I've got to get, I've got to, you know, up my act. And so I've been doing a lot better the last two weeks and my voice is shaky because I'm so nauseated. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give the tip now. It's a continuation on editors and finding them. Or if you can't find an editor, this is basically, well, the first little bit here. Okay. So consider your manuscript, manuscript swapping with skilled writers and with published authors. But I do need to warn you with this one. Uh, published authors swap with writers of equal skill and most won't be willing to swap at all. I basically, the way my philosophy is, the way I run my business, I don't ever, ever approach an author unless I have a very solid relationship with them. And I'm not saying solid as in, hey, I love your books, you know, talk back and forth. Because I did that last week. I was like, I love your books. You know, do you recommend any other writers? And and she did, but that I wouldn't consider that a solid relationship. I'm like the authors I swap with, we have each other, each other's numbers and we text each other. And so that's, that's like the level of relationship I'm talking about, at, at least a relationship of trust, basically where you feel confident that they'll say yes, if you approach them. So basically what I do instead of uh, approaching authors directly, I ask groups of authors and those who are interested are free to respond while those who don't have time won't. And most authors don't have time. Where would you find a group of authors? BookBub promotions and more. 20 books to 50K. I mean, all the Facebook groups, you know. So you just, you can get in there, just, you know, just ask, you know, and I'm fine with people asking that in the BookBub group. You know, I'm fine with pretty much any question that benefits the group, not just individuals. So if you're looking for authors to swap with, you know, feel free to post in the group your genre, and maybe I should actually do a, a, a post that says, hey, is anybody in here wanting to swap? Please post your genre, your skill level, and that's a good idea. I haven't done something like that in a while. Then the last uh, idea under editing and editors, before I talk, we talk about how much to pay and what to expect on cost, is to consider approaching an editor with whom you've already built a relationship because again, you don't cold approach people about this sort of thing and offer a trade of service. So if you have a skill that would be beneficial that he or she may be open to a trade. And and I know this works for uh, several authors. I know a lot of authors who do this. And so make a list of the things that you could offer. You know, we, we put our five-year-old back when she was 15 months in survival swimming lessons. The lessons were super expensive. They were $12 a lesson for 20 minutes. And now they're $20 for 20 minutes from the same person. I offered a skill trade. So we did her blog. Nolan did all the cutesy artwork on it. And it was really, really cute. And then I did a whole bunch of editing for her and managed a lot of her social media for a while. And we got basically all of her swim lessons for free. We only paid for one. And it was a really, it was a valuable trade and worked really well. Probably not going to do that for the next kid though, because it's, there's, there's the time versus money. Like there's not a lot of time right now to be, be able to do that kind of a trade, but consider doing something like that with an editor that you have a solid relationship with, but make sure you have something to offer in, in return. So, uh, be a priority and not an option. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> It also ties into the movie. It does tie into the movie. Uh, sort of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. We. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you give us a setup on the Meg? Just very brief. 
some egg. They discover. They discover. They dis uh, a uh, a a uh, underground false underwater. Bottom. Yeah, a false bottom to the ocean is discovered, and lots of prehistoric giant creatures dwell there, it's and cool. chaos ensues. Yeah. It's a great premise. Lots of people get eaten. (laughs) Which, you know, if we're going to watch one of these movies, that's one of my prerequisites. I know that's horrible of me to say, but I mean, if nobody dies, then it's not, there's no stakes, you know? Yeah, there has to be stakes. Yeah. People stakes. In this case. (laughs) We are delicious. That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) That was for my editor. That was a lovely pun. (laughs) I try. Anyway. So, uh, So the setup... Yeah, so that's the setup pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about the characters. What, just a couple of them. We've got Jason uh, Statham. Or Jason Statham, Statham as uh, Jonas. Oh, is that his name, Jonas? I forgot yeah. everybody's names. Yeah, he is a, a rescue, underwater rescue guy, and the opening scene is him sort of succeeding slash failing in a rescue. He can't. He saves all the people on, that are alive on board the submarine, but Loses a couple pretty of, much his whole team. he has to leave a couple of his crew members because something's attacking the submarine that he's rescuing people from, and he thinks it's some big creature, and no one believes him. So yeah. he's a pariah, and he says, screw you guys, I'm going to go like live in Thailand or something and have a fishing boat. I just noticed something. Oh, my face is slightly asymmetrical. I feel like you're. Criti- <laughs> no. I feel like you're critiquing me. No. Your face is perfect, honey. Thank you. <laughs> no. Um, what was attacking the submarine? Because they never say. They never say because where the where they the, never see it. The ancient creatures are is underneath the false floor of the ocean. They were below the level, though. Were they? In yeah. the submarine, I thought that they it, weren't because it wasn't that the whole point of that. No, research they, facility? they mentioned the depth. The depth is equivalent. Okay. To where they go. Okay. See, I missed that. Yeah. Anyway, so we get Rain Wilson, who is. They mentioned like only three people have tried have tried to rescue people below eleven thousand feet or whatever it is, yeah. and only one has survived, which is our hero. Yeah. So Rain Wilson, who is Dwight from The Office, he's the benefactor. He's got mil- billions of dollars, and he sets yeah, up yes. this whole research place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was um, actually let's. We'll we'll go to that in just a minute. Let's talk about the opening scene and the foreshadowing and the inciting incident. Uh, the opening scene was w- the biggest thing about an opening scene is it needs to set the stage for the rest of the movie, and it does. Like it lets us know pretty much what's going to be happening throughout the movie. And you don't see the monster. Yes, which is actually very important. When you very first see the monster, you just see Jaws, right? Right when it's attacking where the little girl is. Is that the first sighting? No, they, they see bits and pieces bits and of pieces. it. and And that's still a bit and piece, you know, it's just yeah, the jaw. Yeah, like swimming in the distance, or they see the effects of the creature. They don't yeah. see the creature. So, like, there's a drone that gets mauled, and then yeah. mini-sub gets mauled, you know. Like, and then this they, huge squid, which you see all of, but... You see this giant squid, and then something c- kills the squid because the tentacles uh, get chopped up and fall off. And, yeah. You know. Which is, this is good setup, like, with the big these big monsters that aren't everyday monsters, you know, you... You tease a little bit. Let people see hints of them before you show them the whole thing. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, it was a good opening scene. And then also he was rescuing somebody, so we he's going to be rescuing somebody later, you know. Exactly. Well, that's his job is literally rescuing people yeah. underwater. So, yes. Yeah. And foreshadowing is pretty much foreshadowing the whole movie. You know, something big attacking. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you say the inciting incident was? Uh, the mini-sub that at the research station gets damaged and cannot be retrieved. Yeah, I would I would agree that with that. That forces them to go find... Jason's ex- character. Yeah, 
an expert rescuer guy. Yeah. And then the act of rescuing disturbs the creatures below. Yeah. And then again, chaos ensues and people stakes. Which, by the way, there's I love all the little things they threw in here. We've got the doctor, it's the same doctor who went with um, Jonas to rescue people, who was thinking he's the one that actually told everybody Jonas is crazy. Yeah, there's nothing believe, down there, yeah, and he, he just, was down there. Right. And so they, he's a credible he, witness. Yeah. He's yeah. a doctor and, yeah. and he's, you know, he's again down, he's down there again. And he's like, we can't get him. No, we don't want to get him. And the other guy I can't remember his name's like, no, we have to. And, and you've got, it's great. Mac. We, Mac, we got this. I love the interplay here. You know, the, the unreliable narrative, because that's what Jonas is. He's an unreliable narrative, which can you explain what an unreliable narrative is? Is he technically? Yeah, he is because he, we don't, we want to believe him, but for all we know. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So an unreliable narrative is when somebody, everybody thinks they're crazy and they have all reasons to not, to be crazy. And you can't tell if what they're presenting with you with is false. And they may even believe it and they could be wrong. Yeah, an unreliable narrative narrative doesn't have to be somebody who is right about what they're saying. So a great example of that is uh, Gone. Is it no Amanda Seyfried? Yeah. Is that the movie? Is mm-hmm. it called Gone? Yeah, where you don't know if she's telling the truth or not for the most of the movie. And so it's a great, you know, it's it's good. You know, he, this guy's totally crazy. People thought he was absolutely insane for what he thought. And yeah, there's a little tip about unreliable narratives. But let's talk about the plausibility of all of this. How plausible is it? It's not very plausible. Uh, well, it is plausible in a make-believe, like, you know, kind of like Jurassic movie, Park. It's action movie plausible. It's summer yeah. blockbuster movie plausible. Yeah, because getting dinosaurs out of DNA found in resin is not entirely plausible. No. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the level of action, things no. that happen to people no, but I'm saying, could happen. Yeah. Like, yes, but also not gonna. Yeah, so but I'm fine. like it, saying like the under the ground. I mean, it's un- prehistoric creatures oh, under that. that. I know that's the whole premise. I mean, I know, but it, it, it's just enough wiggle room, and mm-hmm. it's internally consistent, mm-hmm. yes. which is important. Yes. So it sets up the movie world rules and then sticks to them. Yeah, and they didn't break those, which Nolan appreciates. I hate, I hate when you do that. Yeah, because it's cheating. Yeah, because they're like, you never thought of this option that we completely ruled out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It should be like an unexpected consequence of the rules you establish yeah yeah so i i i say it's plausible by the way it is of it is movie plausible movie yes. plausible yeah like i mean for all we know there is a place where you know ancient creatures live underneath you know coelacanths huh coelacanths coelacanths what's that they're ancient fishes from many hundreds of millions of years ago they do live in the ocean though right yeah they and didn't think been... so they didn't they just found oh. them like a couple like 50 years ago and they're like oh crap nice. we thought these were gone forever yeah. they're in the fossil like record and then oh yeah like, and then here's one right here i'm like what crap yeah so i mean i to me i it's plausible it's not plausible but it's plausible it's as plausible as constructing an entire dinosaur out of a drop of resin and blood and resin <laughs> yes <laughs> At least that plausible, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd put it in the vein of Jurassic Park, but just like any, any monster-oriented blockbuster movie like Godzilla or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we talk about the three X structure without giving away spoilers? Because we haven't talked about three X structures in a little while. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about it. So, well, like the setup is all the way through to the inciting incident, right? That's uh, mostly, yeah, and then and then the main chunk is them fighting, trying to stop megalodon before it gets to mainland crunchy people right Um, that's not where i would put it where would you put it at the spoilers (laughs) oh (laughs) 
Well, dang it. I guess we can't really talk about 3X structures, but is there a 3X structure? I would say there is, yes. Is it a solid one? Yes. I mean, okay. This this movie is standard summer movie action fair. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's part of my takeaways. Okay. Well, we could go um, to takeaways. No, we need to do trivia. I have to do yeah. trivia before. You need trivia. And then, because a lot of my discussion has to do with like the structure okay. and the expectations. All right. So I'll go ahead and do takeaways really fast so we we don't have to de- deviate too far from what Nolan was talking about. Okay. So in the book, the Megalodons are pure white, almost luminescent from living in that kind of a, you know setting. That which... would look kind of, kind of cool on screen. But it it would have been also more plausible, honestly, because if you don't have light down there, you know, and he's attracted to light, and but they it was too difficult to render in CGI and still look realistic, so they made it look like a great white shark. Who is Ruby Rose? Who's the character for Ruby Rose? Is uh, that the bad hair, spiky chick hair? She almost drowned on the set. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is something Nolan, Nolan and I talk about, but Jason Statham or Statham? Statham. He is an, he is like an actual professional swimmer. And he's competed diver. a lot, yeah. swimmer and diver. Yeah. He's both. He's competed a lot. He represented England in diving, and you can find him. You can find footage of him competing online. And most of the shots of him in the water are real. And he did most of his stunts underwater, which is pretty cool. And yes, Nolan and I did look up his workout regime because for his age, how old would he say? Forty-seven. Is he fifty? Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah, forty to fifty. Um, he's in very good shape for... Uh, some of the ladies couldn't keep control of themselves when he, during the towel shower scene. I know. Hey, I couldn't control myself. Nolan couldn't control himself. I couldn't himself. control myself. <laughs> he was born in 67, so... so... He's 12 years older than me. Yeah, so how old does that make him? Yeah, he's... 51. Yeah, he's in his 50s. So that's pretty cool. I mean, good for him, you know? And he's doesn't weigh that much more than Nolan, and he's an inch and a half shorter than Nolan, so it's pretty cool, you know? I don't look like him, just so you know. You don't look, you're not that far (laughs) off from him. This one we talked about already, but I wanted to talk about it. Eli Roth was attached as directing. So they had a director who wanted to keep the movie rated R, and he also wanted to be the main star. Nolan and I looked him up and we're like, well, he's not hideous. He's not unattractive, (laughs) but a rated R. He's not handsome Rob. He is not handsome Rob. Where's ha- where did he get that name from? Handsome Rob. Italian job. Oh, the Italian job. Yes, we talked about that. He wanted it to be rated R, uh, and they wouldn't have made the money back. You know, rated it R. Been hard, yeah, yeah, because yeah. a big blockbuster movie. Those are generally PG thirteen. You know, there's a few that aren't, but most of them are. Yeah, and it wouldn't have made its money back because they tend to not be as fun. Just saying, it. just saying yeah, it's hard to keep the fun factor up. Yeah. And so this movie spent four hundred million, and it actually made four hundred sixty million so far. So far, and I'm really hoping it continues to make more because. Well, they've already made sixty million, and then it's got to go, you know, DVD and yeah, that's true. All of that and... stuff, yeah. And a lot of you probably maybe don't know this. I didn't until like you know a few weeks ago. But the film is based on a book called Meg, a novel of deep terror. And this is the first book that the author ever published, and I'm interested to see how it is. I might try to see if I can, you know, rent it or something and read it. But what I love about that is it's actually a series of books, which means they have the ability to make more. And I liked this movie enough to watch a sequel to it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so it almost didn't ever get made into a movie. It actually, it was, the book was published in 97 and Disney bought the film rights for a million dollars. And then they got cold feet because a similar movie came out in 99. And then... Um, what? What was the name of the movie? 
the movie that oh it's called Deep Blue Sea. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. Is that any good? I mean, I don't know anything no. about it. Oh, it's not. <laughs> uh, it's uh, so sharks don't get Alzheimer's or something. So they like genetically engineer some sharks to make them smarter for some reason, which has nothing to do with all people getting Alzheimer's, I guess. <laughs> and then um, the the sharks outsmart everyone and like flood the facility and start killing everyone, including. Uh, sounds like a movie I'd like to watch. <laughs> it's terrible. I think it's rated R though. Oh, want to see? I saw it on TV. <laughs> um, so because he got frustrated at the lack of movement, uh, the author wrote his own draft and he showed it to um, this a guy. I don't know this guy's name, Nick Nunziata. I don't know who that is, but that guy showed it to Guillermo del Toro, who actually got everything rolling for this version of the movie. He was the one who found the director, the writers, everything, which I was like, good for him, you know, because I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Anyway, okay, so those are my. Oh, it was supposed to be George Clooney in the main, as the main actor. Wince. I know. But, I mean, a couple of years, you know, 10 years ago, actually, yeah. And never the physique. 20 years ago was when the movie was supposed to be made. 97. Oh, that would have been all right. He would have been okay 20 years ago, probably. But I'm not a huge I John I don't think George he Clooney fits the, that kind of character. No, I don't either. And it's good that they picked an actual swimmer, so he's believable, you know? Yeah. No, he's he's good. What was I going to say? Yeah, I'm not a huge George Clooney fan, and I just think it was funny. You know, it was touted. They were supposed to use it as a vehicle for George Clooney to make him more successful than he already was. I don't know. I mean, he was pretty big 20 years ago. Wasn't that one ER? He's in ER. No, he's not in ER. No, he, he is. Was. He was. Okay. I never watched ER. It was too much drama for me. Not enough. It's literally what it's for. I know. House. I'm, I want to watch, you know, the scary medical mysteries. All right. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and give us your takeaways? Takeaway one and two. Okay. Know your audience and fulfill your promises. Okay. Pretty straightforward. This movie has a very basic structure. Mm-hmm. There are tropes that are used. Oh, yeah. Some surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew their audience. Mm-hmm. They pursued their audience. Mm-hmm. They gained their audience. They got the money. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I'm their audience. I am solidly uh, and squarely in their audience, and I, I loved the movie. I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10. Was it an epic movie? No. Was it as good as Jaws? No. Was it finely crafted art? No. No, but it was a fun movie. But I went, I enjoyed myself. I didn't feel like I wanted my money back at the end, like I do for a lot of movies, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, <laughs> hey, and we didn't even pay money to and see the last one. I didn't even pay money. One. Like, I want my money back for the... The I time like they that should you pay spent. me to watch those now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's it, really. I mean... Yeah, I agree. It was not... I was enjoying it the entire time we were watching it. I didn't feel... Yeah. There was one thing that I'll ta- we'll there, talk there about are, as my takeaway. There are problems with it. Yeah. But they're minor enough that I, it didn't detract. I don't like... I didn't think the relationship between our main character and the love interest was that we're great, gonna, which we'll, we will we'll talk carry. about that as part of my takeaway that, but and then there's a few other things like why does no one use drones why do they send a manned craft down yeah, yeah. the first time you yeah. morons um just that kind of stuff is like for all we know they oh that maybe they did send drones and this is the first time they've sent a manned craft no because they they were surprised that it was real the layer yeah yeah so no that's true yep um they should have said that the layer blocked communications or, but even so you could send something down and retrieve it i mean it's yeah. just i don't know yeah Okay, so that was your first takeaway? No, which... It was both. Know, their, know your audience and fulfill your promises. They knew what their audience wanted. Mm-hmm. They had a promise of what that movie would be like. Yeah. By the numbers. Mm-hmm. Not exceptional, not crazy. Mm-hmm. They didn't go too artsy, too far out of the formula. Yeah. They did a few things 
to spice it up. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's on the same level as Pacific Rim, I would say. It feels like Pacific Rim. It feels like it's just a m- big blockbuster movie with monsters in it. The last uh, Jurassic Park. Trust is okay, World too. Yeah, which is okay. I would say it was great. better than that it one. It was a better. It was a little better because um, because yeah. it didn't betray the promise mm-hmm. to yeah. me. Um, and the whole movie was pretty consistent all the way throughout. There mm-hmm. was no heavy veering from the plot. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like it lagged at any point or was too much yeah. at any point. I mean, it felt pretty like it was consistent. It was a solid. Mm-hmm. And it had a few yeah. laugh out loud moments. You know, <laughs> yeah, a few a few times we were genuinely surprised. <laughs> there was one point when Jason um, Statham takes off his towel no not to he's he's like comes out of the shower and he's got a towel around his waist and this lady in the audience was just like woo, woo. she just went insane there's like 10 people watching yeah. the movie because we watched it towards the end of its show and we watched yeah we watched well we saw it at like five, five in the afternoon but she was so funny oh, okay. and she had like this really loud cackle and she was like, <laughs> was, like uh... i was like you're enjoying it there were a couple laugh out loud moments where we both laughed out loud pretty hard you know yeah. mm-hmm. okay your turn Okay, so my takeaways. Uh, Don't be afraid to execute. So romance was set up. There was a really good setup for romance. It was plausible. It was believable. Like, I actually believed that that they were attracted to each other, you know? Yeah, I I agree. And not to spoil, this is the only spoil we're going to give, but nothing happens between them. And Nolan wanted to talk about that, and I told him we can't until it's my takeaway. So now we can talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's fine they didn't. It just it felt, felt weird. Because yeah. it felt like they were like kind of flirting. They were which flirting. Which they were, but then like they felt like they were never going to go with it, I guess. And everybody else is like calling them on it. Like uh, oh, Mac, the other you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. And like the little girl's like, my mom likes you too. Yeah. And so like everybody knows. Yeah. And like they don't, like no one has a problem with it, including each other. Yeah. And then it feels like they're more like they're not, siblings towards the end. Yeah, exactly. But then they just like thumbs up each other and there's not like... They could have kissed and I would have been totally okay with it. Even if they just like at the end and there's the relief and she just like, they just kind of collapse together and just like hug. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like a genuinely vulnerable moment they have together yeah. with the little girl. It would have been fine too. Mm-hmm. They didn't but they didn't do smooch. that. Yeah. There was, they just kind of sit there and like, wow, we totally survived that. And then they're like, thumbs up, pal. Yeah. And you're like, well, okay. So it felt, I mean, because this is not too far the, the, into the movie. So instead of making the romance feel forced, the not romance part felt forced. Yeah. <laughs> like. Exactly. Because right? when they first, when we see their first attraction to each other, she goes in to tell him something and he just, he's just out of the shower. So he's got a towel around his, you know, waist. And this is our first time seeing him without a shirt. And he, he looks nice, you know, and she's like stuttering and running into things practically and obvious obvious attraction and you know it, and a little bit of comedy in there too and i you know like that kind of a scene makes you believe i mean he's naked with a towel you know that that's foreshadowing for later relationships even just a kiss would have been totally fine you know um something else um so he rescues his ex-wife at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. so that's not a spoiler uh-huh but there's no like sparks between like after he's vindicated mm-hmm. and he's not crazy because mm-hmm. they get divorced after the incident mm-hmm. and then he starts showing interest in somebody else, mm-hmm. she's not attached. Do you think there would be some like jealousy or some like fighting at all or anything? You know, depends. It depends. But it just like I felt like that was something they could have like they could have done something with because I've got I, friends. They just that don't do, address the, it at all. It's yeah. like like all three of them are like right there. And yeah. Like, like, yeah, you're all of a sudden your hot, not crazy ex-husband 
mm-hmm. is like hitting on this other chick like right in front of you and you're like Wait i think maybe that's you're why actually viable again th- you know like i thought you were crazy and now you're not and then that's why they hesitated is because maybe the book has a love triangle plus in later come and series her. later in the series I mean, that counts for something my second takeaway um let's see neither of us knows the soundtrack and we are both fine with that so the soundtrack should add to the movie. It should not take away. And the way this applies to writers is your settings, your descriptions, the mood, the tones that you set, they should... Okay, so in some of the books that I've read, they tr- you can tell they're trying too hard to the, the world to building. set the, the mood and to make it's you feel like this is a gloomy or this is a scary or this is an overly happy person or place or something. And so don't, don't try too hard. You know, I would rather that the descriptions are light rather than... Uh, heavy-handed but that's my style my that's the way i write that's the way i read but still um the soundtrack is there to add to the movie your descriptions your setting your mood things like that add to your story don't have them be something that takes away or makes the reader pop out of the story so that's pretty much my takeaways and nolan any closing comments on the movie no solid movie mm-hmm. um like not I mean, it's epic in scope because yeah. it's a very big shark. Um, yeah. Not overboard. I mean, it is, but in an action way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's typical of the genre. Yeah. It's a competently executed summer blockbuster movie. Yeah. And I, w- I was pleased with it, you know? Like, I was pleased, but not blown away. Exactly. Like, it was so. one that I would love to watch again and one that I want to own. And, you know, we left happy with the movie. There's no bad taste in my mouth, you know, which was not the case with Jurassic World 2, which I I thoroughly enjoyed. But when we left, I was like, oh, it could have been better, you know? Yeah. And this one didn't have that, which I appreciated. Okay. So as a reminder, uh, go ahead and support us on patreon.com forward slash self-published strong for a dollar a month. And, and as I said, we're this doing the Patreon thing is not for us to get money. It's for us to, 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 um, not spend money, not spend money. So we want this podcast to be able to support itself. And so your donation will help that. And I know that most people don't care what the money they give gets for us, but what you get out of it includes one of my free, one of my $25 courses, which include finding subscribers, getting reviews on your books. That's actually the most popular one out of the $25 ones. And it's, I've got a MailChimp tutorial that's $25. And then after you've supported for a while, I need to review how long that is. Then you have a chance to win one of my other courses as well. And my $50 courses include my Big Bang Promotions course, which is, it teaches you a whole ton of stuff, including giving hints and trips, trips, tricks and tips <laughs> on getting bookbub features and running huge promotions having you know the big blockbuster promotions that are really really exciting to have and then of course my motivation sequence course which is one that we've never discounted because it doesn't need to be discounted because I still sell it regularly so if you have any questions go ahead and send me an email at andrea at selfpublishstrong.com and nolan where can people find you uh in your shower wearing nothing but a towel. In my shower? Yeah. No, at the at our reader listeners. <laughs> and they can view me through the porthole in the door. <laughs> Is that a reference into to the movie the, we just talked about? Into the glass uh, shower. Which, why on earth do the individual in private quarters have door, I mean, windows on their doors? They wanted to look nautical, I guess. So they put the portholes on the inside instead of the outside of the facility. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's Because then she can do a second look. 
That's true. That and that was what made us laugh too. Is she like, uh, she's like, you just got a fine body. <laughs> anyway, you're mine. You're not in anybody else's showers, okay? I'm not. Oh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> not unless they support us on Patreon. Oh, jeez. No, that is That's not prostitution. One of the perks. No, no. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. <laughs> you're... I'm so inexpensive, apparently. A dollar a month. <laughs> No, they do not get you in their showers for a dollar a month. They'd have to pay at least two a month. Thanks, honey. (laughs) Am I cleaning their shower for a dollar? (laughs) That reminds me of uh, Legally Blonde, you know, the pool cleaner. She she has him wear this little thong. (laughs) I don't... I just liked watching him clean the pool. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so yeah, Nolan is apparently in your shower. Um, I panicked. You just... You made me come up with something off the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right and as you as i've said you can find me at, in bookbub promotions and more or through email or i don't get on facebook very much so the best way to get a hold of me is really through email and sometimes i don't get on email very much so the best way to get a hold of me is to pray that the time that you contact me i am available <laughs> sorry this whole pregnancy is killing me i've been so bad about everything. I'm barely surviving. Nolan knows. He's been having to do a lot of cooking lately, which he doesn't normally have to do when I'm not sick. I do some. You do cooking. You cook at least once a week when I'm not sick, sometimes twice twice a week. And he's a very, very good cook. It took me a long time to get him to admit that he enjoys cooking. I don't really. You do. You enjoy, when you're not stressed, you enjoy cooking recipes that we don't ever, you know, he does all these exotic recipes. But we never have that anymore. Not as much. Yeah. When we first started dating, I I was blown away that he was cooking these meals from scratch. And this was before, like, he was trying to impress me. It was the way he was. He just cooked these awesome meals from scratch and i was like man <laughs> I'm, I'm scoring big with this one um it's true yeah. <laughs> whatever i mean yes i'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with you <laughs> normally people like it when you agree with them uh-huh. <laughs> that was he was like i'm gonna if i'm gonna be single this long i need to learn how to cook yeah if i wanted a home-cooked meal i was gonna make it myself gosh darn it yeah yep Anyway, so I don't know what that has to do with the podcast. Nothing. Nothing. Be jealous. My husband cooks and he cleans. They know me now. I'm in their shower. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's very little between us now. Jeez, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So if, yeah, we've already done all of our closing things. So yeah, patreon.com forward slash self strong and Andrea at self for questions or book club promotions and more. And if you want to get a hold of Nolan... Um, look in your shower. <laughs> yes, look in your shower. All right. Thank you for listening. And we'll... Uh, until next show, we'll talk to you later. I don't know how to end these. Bye. Yes, bye. That's a good way to end them. Bye. 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 <laughs>